Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Matt Glenn, and top producing mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it comes to real estate, we're all in. All right, happy Friday, Taylor. Yeah, you too, man. How's, oh, how's things going? Going pretty well. Honestly, I'm zinging busy. I'm like so busy right now. Working, starting super early, not getting home till late, sales coming out, listings coming out. It is busy. <laughs> no, I'm not complaining. It is. No, not everybody is right now, but I don't know. Something's in the air. Yeah, it feels like it's there. Right on. What about you? How are you? Yeah, things are good. Yeah. Taking off to Mexico for a week in a few days. So nice. Yeah. And you're on the island right now. You're going to drop off your son for some. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the island for a week and then down in Mexico. And yeah, so we did this recording virtually yeah. and it was awesome. So, Starting to figure out this virtual thing. Yeah. Yeah. Slowly. Yeah. We're having some amazing guests connected with us. Some big players in the game. Yeah. It's all thanks to you guys. Honestly, like we're growing pretty good and uh, yeah, the word's getting out. So thank you so much for all your support. It's been awesome to see you. Yeah. Yeah. So Carl Miller, one of our guests today, we yeah. have this on. He's co-founder, CEO, development company Meridian. He's doing tons of projects, you know, throughout Canada, really focusing on the BC market, lower mainland. The project that we discussed today is Eminence, out kind of near Knox Mountain and in the Glenmore area. Yeah, just an amazing guy. Like I would love to be a developer. I know there's tons of stress, but man, going through the process of seeing a piece of dirt and then five years later, you know, putting houses on it would just be such a cool job so Man, lots construction of generals it's so rewarding like for one day's work you can stand back and be like holy shit like like this guy anecdotally there's a house below me getting a new roof and like they took off the roof and put a new roof on like two days and i was just think, like, man what a rewarding job that is to do that but like on a developer scale obviously it's massive and awesome yeah i think you're right i think that'd be such a cool thing to do yeah marking the city like you're putting your footprint on it for the long term it's awesome yeah also, uh, who was joined by Scott Brown, who's like on the executive team at Epic, handling the sales eminence as long as other projects. So obviously, they're both awesome to talk to. Really, yeah. Incredible. We've had Shane Styles on from Epic before, and yeah. yeah, Scott works directly with him. But yeah, they do some really innovative projects. They just have a great vision for some of these developments. So if you are somebody that's looking to buy into the market or you know change houses or homes, as Matt says, reach out to these guys. Like, like a lot of the guests on the show, they're super transparent and approachable. And yeah, they're coming to Kelowna frequently. Happy to kind of walk you through their project. And if they'll talk to us, they'll talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, enjoy the show, guys, and have a good one, Matt. <laughs> you too, my brother. Welcome to the uh, icebreaker. This segment of the show is brought to you by Taylor at Venture Mortgages. Come venture into the exciting world of mortgages. Okay, morning, guys. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. It is Friday morning, and we generally like to ask our guests just to communicate what their perfect Friday looks like. Obviously, for you guys, it's a podcast recording, but uh, <laughs> yeah, too, too. yeah, yeah. Can you just kind of walk us through what your Friday looks like? How you're productive? What kind of gives you energy leading into the weekend? Yeah, well, for me, it, it actually starts off pretty early get up, make breakfast for my kids on Friday. Friday is my day to take my kids to school. I got two young kids, eight and five. And so I take them to school. So I get up, make them breakfast. We get out the door, have some fun on the way to school and drop them off. And then, you know, into the office shortly after that. And, you know, it's usually a pretty busy Friday. I meet with all of our managers on Friday for some brief little meetings. And then I'm off to the gym and then I got to go pick my kids back up. You know, it's the day when I give my wife a day off from driving to the school and back. So then pick up the kids and we have some fun in the afternoon after school. So it's a fun day. It's jam-packed, but I always look forward to Fridays because it breaks up a little bit of the monotony of the uh, week. So I get to spend so much time with the kids. That's awesome. Okay. So you're based out of Saskatoon, but are you always in Saskatoon? You do a lot of traveling? Travel, yeah, a lot. So we've got projects in Kelowna. We just finished one in Delta, BC as well. And we just are starting another one in Chilliwack. So, yeah, we're based in Saskatoon. We do projects in Saskatoon and then throughout sort of the lower mainland in Kelowna, our focus. We've skipped over Alberta. And uh, so, yeah, lots of time on the plane. So, uh, you know, that spending those extra hours with the kids is always great. Can I ask? Well, I mean, I don't want to dive into this too much. Why skip Alberta? 
You know, Alberta, a couple things. One, you know, it's just that boom and bust. They have great, great times there. But if you get caught on the wrong side of that cycle, you know, bad times. Whereas BC, you know, it's pretty consistent and, it, you know, and it's growing and less boom and bust, I would say. Nice, steady, consistent growth. And we just see the, you know, the population growth, especially in the lower mainland and Kelowna. It's also areas that I love to be. So our family, we vacation our summers in Kelowna. So we spend a good chunk of the summer in Kelowna and our kids love it. We love it. You know, there's just so much to do there. And then Vancouver as well. We love Vancouver, spend lots of time there. So we want to develop in areas where we want to be and where we want to go. And, you know, we're passionate about as well. So Yeah. Awesome. So translating for Carl through the Saskatchewan, he doesn't like Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> It's not that I don't like Alberta. I, I, you know, there's lots of You've got to drive through it. I mean, you got to get yourself <laughs> fly over province. Yeah. It is interesting though because I've been sort of in this industry for like three decades or so. Yeah. And the Alberta market might become more sustainable, but I always refer to the British Columbia real estate market as a dial. And depending on neighborhoods and areas and communities, it dials up or back. Whereas the Alberta one, it's an on-off switch. It just seems to be the price of oil tells you how good the market is, right? It's kind of a... It was. Now they're trying to diversify. So I'm curious. I think it's going to sustain itself in five or 10 years. And I think yeah. a lot of what might sustain it is the combination of, you know, you can buy a townhome 20 minutes outside of Calgary right now for $600,000. And that same townhome in South Surrey or Kelowna is going to cost you between eight and $1.1 million. Yeah, no doubt. Yes. Yeah. Sure. So, so I'll give you my Friday because I'm the old guy. Okay. You yeah. guys, I'm actually 85 years old. They look pretty good for 85. <laughs> and it's completely a base made for audio podcasts. Okay. <laughs> I disagree. So, I disagree. Yeah. yeah. So what I do is in our business, 10 months a year, we like to say that you got to really love what you do because basically Friday is the new Thursday. So Fridays are very busy for us lining up for events and activities on the weekend. And so 10 months a year, you know, Friday is the new Thursday. My kids are all grown up. Like Carl, I'm up usually 5, 5.30. Driving in this morning to the office, I got to the office about quarter to seven because I have a pretty set routine every morning of things I do to get sort of myself so I'm not going to be overwhelmed by things all day and the people yeah. demands of the business. I was reminded this morning for about eight years, I was on air on Sportsnet radio from 6.45 till about seven. So I'd have to be in here in our office, quiet, ears on, recording at 6.30 in the morning. So I was the only guy in the office at 6.30 in the morning. We did this little program called Stat Me Up where we would talk about a stat, each one of us, that was interesting in current sports reality. And then they'd ask me for a real estate. Stat. So it was good fun. And then, of course, they went broke. Not my fault. <laughs> so, <laughs> they should have had a video content. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so for me, Fridays is always about good thinking time. Yeah. And it generally, it tends to be a little bit less towards the end of the day. Carl's our developer partner client, right? So we want to yeah. be a business organization. They're usually off with their families. And it's, I actually find it's a really good time to encourage our team, no meetings, do some thinking, like prepare for the events on the weekend. If you don't have events, get out of the office. You know, and a lot of, every long weekend, for instance, in the winter, we give them at least a half day off bonus for the long weekend. With Truth and Reconciliation Day Monday. So it'll be yeah. pretty quiet here this afternoon. Yeah. So it's just a good thinking day. Saturday morning is another one that for me I love for thinking. Yeah, I love that too. And where are you located? It's good. Well, I float around. So I have an office in Surrey, an office in downtown Vancouver, and an office in Kelowna. And I also have a sort of satellite office in the island. So I float in my business. Summertime, I work out of Kelowna pretty much every other week for three days. Like next week, for instance, I'll drive up four in the morning from my house be in our office at Epic in Kelowna with a coffee in my hand at nine in the morning, work two or three days there and drive home. And then in winter, I start to fly a bit because, you know, I don't like messing around too much with the winter driving when I'm by myself. But it's four hours door to door from my house to downtown Kelowna. So where are you now? You're in Surrey? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so Surrey. I, I live in White Rock, so just oh, yeah. that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Fantastic. So, I mean, the main question I want to jump into, we'll just dive straight into it. Why pick a developer? Like there's a lot of construction going on in Kelowna, in the lower mainland. You know, obviously there's sales team that are marketing these projects, but specifically, how do people do their due diligence on finding a developer? One is going to complete the project and two, be on time and on budget and just get a great finished product that they want to close on. I imagine it works both ways too. You got to pick the developer and then pick the... Sales team. Well, let me give you a little hint and then Carl can jump in, okay? Because yeah. in our business, we don't do resale. We only do exclusively new multifamily. 
Yeah. And our business, our, you know, our Fifth Avenue brand, our Epic brand's been around for years. We don't get paid anything if the developer doesn't actually build the product, okay? And the people move in. So we have to choose our developers very carefully. So we're a bit of a good housekeeping tool. If the developer's new to a market and we're on it, and I won't name them up, but the others we're working with in Kelowna, they're blue chip and Carl's blue chip. And I've seen what Carl's done in Saskatoon. So if I have to put our business at risk by choosing our partners and you see we chose them, that's a vote of credibility. The other one I like that's unique to one to Kelowna is that most of the larger developers in Kelowna, not all, build their own product, right? Not just the developer who then says, okay, it's a construction guy. And then you get in this finger pointing. Carl and his team build their own product. And so he's on that site regularly. So if somebody's worried about a homeowner, he knows every aspect of that site inside and out and everything and every material that's going into that. Sort of funny, not funny comment. When the market's really hot, right? No one cares. Yeah. And they still should care and they don't do their due diligence, but we do. But when the, now when the market is sort of in a transition where it's still going to be very active, but not quite like it was in 2021, you know, take a little time, the realtor and that, and ask the question, you know, Carl, for instance, all you got to do is go look at that fantastic looking Holiday Inn Express just off Harvey, and that's his work. And that is one of the nicest Holiday Inns I've ever been in in North America. Well, thanks, Scott. Maybe I'll just, I'll take you back when we started. So 20 years ago, when myself and my partner started Meridian, we really sat down and talked a lot about our values and goals for the company. And, you know, in real estate development, there's many different tracks you can take, I'll say. And there's some developers out there, they have the mentality of, let's build it as cheap as possible and build as many as we can, and they're in and out. And they make a good amount of money doing that. But they're not worried about their reputation long-term because all they're interested in is the dollars, making as much as they can and moving on. And maybe, you know, in 10 years, they're not even developing real estate anymore. Our goal was to build a long-term company that we could be proud of. And one of my partners has been in business for 55 years. Long-time entrepreneur in the same business, 55 years, and has a stellar reputation. And we said, we want to do very similar. We're going to make our money slower, but we're going to make it over a longer period of time. And people will pay us more for our product at the end of the day because of the reputation that we have. So that was a very strategic decision we made day one. And we said, we're going to build that reputation and people will come and want our product. And over the years, we've had where maybe the parents have bought a, you know, a home from us, then their kids have bought a home from us, and then the parents have bought a second home from us, you know, as they've moved maybe from you know, downsizing or whatever. We get a lot of repeat customers, and that's because we're known for building a very, very good top quality product. And as Scott mentioned, we build all of our own projects. We have our own in-house general contracting division, right down from site supers, right down to laborers. I've got laborers that have worked for us for 15 years. You know, you try and find someone in the market that has a laborer that's worked that long for them. That's because we treat our employees well, but they also know what we expect out of them and what they have to do on the job side. So, you know, they're compensated very well but they work hard for us and they do a good job. And we're very, very hands-on, both my partner and I. You'll you'll see us on site. You'll see us checking on stuff. You know, we have a very, very robust quality control program that we use. And we're a thousand checkpoints we do on any single home. And then we have a service and warranty division afterwards. So when we're done, you know, not all developers have a service and warranty. They just rely on the general contractor to maybe come and do something well. Most of the time, the general contractor has been paid and he doesn't want to care or, or come back because it's not his client. But, you know, we've got a dedicated service and warranty team that comes in and we look after our homes long past, even when the warranty period sometimes is even over. Well, we'll come back because it's about reputation. In Kelowna, we've been off and on developing stuff there for about 20 years, actually. We did some land development early on, then went away for a while, then came back, as Scott mentioned, built that hotel and commercial development, and now Eminence. And that'll be our first residential project in Kelowna. But, you know, we're super excited about Eminence and uh, the quality and and, uh, uniqueness of that project. And, yeah, we're actively seeking other sites. This isn't a one and done for us in that market. We're setting up routes there. We've got local employees that live in Kelowna and are employed by us. We've got office space now. The sales center, you know, so we're setting up there 
for the long term, not just to come in and do a project and, and leave. It's a long term play and something that's been underway for a number of years already. So, yeah. That's a great location, Eminence. Do you guys want to talk about that a little bit? Kind of, you know, the type of product that you guys are releasing, when it's going to be complete? Yeah. How much is left? Sure. Well, maybe talk a little bit about the location first, and then Scott can maybe cover off the second half there. But uh, it was by uh, a great circumstance that was able to come across that site because, you know, very hard to, you know, as a non-local developer originally to not, you know, get some of the best pick of the litter, I would say, for sites in Kelowna. You know, there's many players in Kelowna and the realtors are connected with them. And, but yeah, we were able to secure this site under a very unique circumstance. And as soon as I saw it, I knew we had to buy it. It's just got some fantastic views. It's not like anything else in Kelowna because it's right on the side of Knox Mountain and there's no other sites for multifamily located right adjacent to Knox Mountain Park. This is the last one. And because of its elevation, it's got some great views down the valley. And, you know, whether it's the sunrise or the sunset setting off the mountains, it just, it's gorgeous. You know, with the trees there and the mountain and Kathleen Lake, you know, the hiking opportunities or biking opportunities are just amazing. And then the site is located right next to High Point. And High yeah. Point is one of Kelowna's, you know, most prestigious you know, neighborhoods or communities there. It's got some fantastic homes. You know, this is a quiet street. It's not a busy street. You're not downtown in the thick of things and maybe staring at another building that's just across the road or the alley. You know, you're staring at mountains or the trees. You're five minutes from downtown. So it's got a great blend of the two. You can still live that urban lifestyle, but you've got some peace and serenity of nature right at your doorstep. So... Like that is a good location for being kind of on the mountain in the wild, but also super accessible to the town. So it's a great location. Good pick up there. Yeah, I'll kind of jump in a little bit just because I've been working in and out of Cologne for at least 20 some years. And so you had Shane Salzer, president on our previous president, Mark West, was a good friend of mine. We worked together when the market started to pick up on 1151 Sunset and then on Water Street. And then during COVID, when he passed away, you know, my partners allowed me to step in and run that business for nothing for six or seven months. And then his wife did ask us to buy the business. So we did that. And that's when Shane came in as president. But Mark actually owned his site. So Carl came along and had a big impact on Mark's family. His three-year-old son and his wife were, you know, left on their own and really made a big impact on actually between our buying her business and him buying her site. She's doing well now. You know, we're close, but she was not under so it was, oh, it, was a, it was really, really tense. And, and, I, and I love Carl to death for doing that. Could he got a better deal on the land? Maybe. But he focused on long-term guys. Why we invested in Epic wasn't just to be nice. And it is important. But yeah. was that there's two things that our business is seeing right now. And it is just still in the early stages. There is an exodus out of Vancouver and Metro Vancouver to the Okanagan and to the island. And the dilemma they have, right, we get a bit of smoke. Then they want to go that. We have a ferry down, they want to go back, right? Every place accepts an inconvenience. But both of our projects on either end of that inconvenience are thriving. But what's happening is the people that are moving up there, right, there's an unmet need, which is I don't want to live in a transient, necessarily more resort-oriented area downtown. I actually want to make friends and live in a neighborhood. It's one of the little secrets about Kelowna. It's a very easy place to make friends. But if you design the right... Taylor and I are so friendly. Come on. <laughs> you, you, and that's why you're going to kill it. <laughs> so, so, but the point yeah. was, yeah. so when we looked at it, and I've done this all over the world for years, and one of our clients always laughs when I said, I said, I look for, yes, everybody real estate says location, location, location. That's fine. Yeah. I look more for the uniqueness of the opportunity time to the location. What Carl went through to get this thing approved, I can actually say in sort of Trumpian style, it will be the best. And it will <laughs> It's irreplaceable because we took so much pain to get through the approvals and there is no more canvas there and it isn't happening again. But on top of what we said is, okay, people want to live in a real neighborhood. They want to be able to go downtown when they can. They want to be able to recreate. And so we looked at other inspired communities. And in fact, the architect from Colorado, one of the original guys who's built on kind of slopes in areas within communities. So I started looking at places like, Westwood Plateau in Vancouver, you know, West Vancouver and how they work with that. And it's such a rare opportunity to live right where you can walk out your door onto a mountain, more Whistler-esque than anything. 
But what we did was most of the time when you move into, say, Rutland or someplace up, forego lifestyle amenities for being able to afford it. This is a marriage of both, right? What we're selling for at the Ridge is still, you know, the end of this next phase is still probably $100 or less per square foot, right, than something 20 minutes away. And we're closer to downtown. So it's still good value. But what we did is we really created an amazing menu of lifestyle amenities, both within the community and outside. So you can sit in your pool area and look at the mountains and look towards, you know, the south of Kelowna, right? Yeah. Reminded me of communities, master plan communities we did in the Fraser Valley when people felt they were moving out of Vancouver and giving up something and the lifestyle caught up. Knox is not really, <laughs> it's not remote. And it's the only way you can access it primarily, like most people come around the other side from downtown and go up to do things. So you can go right up to your back door on a mountain bike and away you go but your short walk. So that location, the uniqueness of the concept, the credibility of the developer, the idea of designing things that will appreciate. And what I mean by that is appreciation is a double entendre. People will honestly enjoy living here, but as they see that and given the scarcity of it, it will hold or increase in value over time. Yeah, I like that. I I want to circle back a little bit. You know, that resonated with me when you guys were both just doing the right thing, you know, helping family and not taking advantage of a certain opportunity. To me, like as the end consumer, that's probably the most important thing in your due diligence. There is probably like a bit of a stigma and maybe you guys see this more where some of Canada, the media, bad negativity from the media with affordability and stuff, they kind of point the finger at developers going, oh, developers are wealthy and making all this money. But clearly it's not. You're taking a massive risk for a small gain over a long duration of time doing all this work with the city, hoping that the project comes off how you want it to. Can you just provide a bit of transparency? Not obviously the numbers in a sense, but... Let me jump in on that because in addition to valued relationships like Paul, I have relationships with the developers across BC. I actually see their performance, okay? So when I'm sitting in a city council meeting and somebody comes forward and has their invitation of what a pro forma is and what revenues is and how cheap it is to build, how much money is going to make and they're greedy. What I wish I could do is I could transform into the middle of the night into one of our developers and see what it's like not to sleep because you got that much debt on your butt. I know. <laughs> just, just a couple hours. Freak the hell out of them, right? And what's happened actually in development is we're kind of sucking and blowing at the same time. I remember when I was working on real estate in Europe, and one time the hotel manager that was also next to the real estate we were doing, he was frustrated with his French guy and frustrated with his German owner. First, right, he burns his mouth on the soup, and now he's blowing on the yogurt. So, <laughs> and it feels like that with the government. They're burning our mouth on the soup, saying about affordability, and then they're pounding on all these extra development charges and all these wonderful step codes and environmentalism. Yeah. And guess what? At some point, the consumer understands that the developers working three times harder than they were 10 years ago for less money. Yeah. You still need them to do houses. They're not the villains. But also, you can't keep doing that to developers because they don't realize they're actually transferring those costs largely to the voting public, right? Yeah, yeah Scott, I would echo that. The margins are as thin as they've ever been. Developers are not making more money. We're actually making less than we ever have. And the DCCs, development cost charges that are added on to these homes, is gotten out of hand. And, you know, the city is really, they don't have a lot of ability to generate funds, you know, so their costs are going up. So they're trying to grab from everyone. But when your cost of development, and so not only are the DCCs, but then they layer on, well, we want all these traffic upgrades. We want this, we want that, we want park upgrades. Yeah. The amount of concessions you have to give sometimes double or triple the cost of the land. Well, that has to get passed on to the consumer. There isn't that type of profit to say, well, the developers can eat that. So you have to pass that on to the end user. And the cities really want, and provincial and federal governments want affordable housing. They really have to look at that and say, hey, we have to do this differently. Yeah. They have all kinds of different mechanisms to do that. And, you know, we would burn up probably four hours discussing only yeah. half of those. So, well, we, you know, we won't get into that today, but I would just say, you know, this is over a $100 million project when it's, yeah. when it's all done. It's a huge investment in right. time and money. And 
you know, we're really excited about it. We think it's going to be great for the city of Kelowna. And we think the residents in that neighborhood that, you know, some were not happy to see this site develop, which it always was, even before their home was built. We've always found is people come afterwards and they say, thank you. You built a really nice development. We're really happy. Yeah. And we're glad that you guys did it because, you know, you're rendering actually often rendering is of a less quality than our finished product. And, you know, that isn't said for all developers at the end of the day. Sometimes they put out a really nice rendering and then the finished product looks completely different. You know, nowhere near what the rendering does. So, yeah. 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 I'll give you a couple of comments on that real quick. So one yeah. is when you're a consumer and you're faced with the implications of I didn't lock in my mortgage and, you know, my mortgage goes up. I didn't realize and I've been in this business a long time. The developers aren't able to lock in their interest rate while they're building. Okay, so the biggest part of building is construction financing. I have seen performance where the interest cost in the last few years has gone from $10 million to $30 million. So like suspecting everybody, and it also is inflated cost of materials. So I'm going to say two things that it might be a little controversial, but I'll provoke it. Usually I'll ask it as questions I don't. So development starts, it's not Kelowna specific. So what degree do we think we're actually transparent about where those funds rewind? Hmm. Yeah. And the other one is, do we use those funds to cover off inefficiencies that are ineffective in any type of government rather than straight up saying, guys, we're going to make housing affordable, but we're going to have to increase property tax, right? And then they're going to have to be accountable for why those taxes are increased. So I'm not saying it's a question. The one thing I will tell you is that I believe in capitalism, but I believe that anybody who is strictly a land speculator, they should be heavily taxed or discouraged from buying because what I've seen in the hot market if people come up from different markets, buy land, and intend to trade them over two or three times before the real guy who's going to build housing comes along like Carl, and he has an inflated land cost. So I think you want to attack something, deal with the systemic issue of people profiting without adding value to land. Okay? I don't think housing should necessarily be a trading commodity, but I definitely don't think land should be a trading commodity. Such a scarcity of it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Carl, I had a question. Like, feels like every time Taylor and I interview someone, or even when I'm showing new properties, there's a new code that the builders have to keep in mind. Like, you're somebody that develops in lots of different markets, lots of different locations. Like, what's the code work in BC? Like, is it significantly more that you have to do here when you build compared to other? Yeah, Saskatchewan is definitely uh, behind BC in adopting the step code. So, Kelowna's got step code three, which we're dealing with right now. And I'll be honest, some of the stuff, you know, that we're dealing with, and I say to our team and our engineers, this really doesn't make sense for the long-term viability or longevity of some of the buildings. So I'll give you a recent example. We're issued a building permit, and then they just changed right after in the code there that you can no longer heat an underground parkade anywhere that's using step code three. So really that was developed for, you know, Vancouver, the Vancouver market. Well, you probably don't need to heat the parkades in Vancouver, you know, but in a market like Kelowna or mountain communities or anywhere that's got snow that sticks around or you get cold temperatures for an extended period, you need to heat the parkade because all of your plumbing pipes that come down from the units above are gathered up always in the parkade. They all come down and then they're gathered. They'll freeze. And also your foundation, if it freezes and below grade freezes, you know, buildings start to shift, concrete starts to move. So, you know, your building envelope has always been all the way down to the foundation. You insulate and you keep that warm so your foundation doesn't move or your slabs don't move. Well, now they're saying, no, get rid of all that. Well, you can imagine the things that we now need to do to protect all of those pipes, to protect the slabs, to do all the things now that they're saying, Oh, we don't want you in a parkade. You only keep it like 10 to 12 degrees in the winter anyways. Like you're just applying a minimal amount of heat. Yeah. Uh, But now they want it so it can freeze. Well, now we've got a heat trace. So all those pipes, we've got to insulate them all. You have to insulate the whole entire ceiling of the parkade because you can't have the cold now transferring to the units above. Yeah. And so it's just adding layers of cost again for you know, some virtue signaling on the environment when yet for anyone to tell me how there's a cost benefit there to all the things that we're still having to do, heat pipes, insulation, all these things. And I worry about the longevity of these things because at some point those pipes are going to freeze 
or something's going to happen and then you know now you've got insurance claims and it's going to run people's insurance bills up and and then you're tearing materials out and replacing them so what's the environmental impact of that you yeah. know there's just some things where i think it's gotten a little out of hand there's others where hey i think it's good if they're good you know increasing our values hey that's proven to be a great thing so if you do that on the building envelope of course you're going to lower your utility costs those are good things to do but i think there's a number of things that they're doing now that they're really pushing too far. The pendulum's yeah. really swung, and that adds, again, cost to these homes that the homeowner can't necessarily afford. So we're seeing that in the BC market it has not come to the Saskatchewan market, and from what I understand, you know, it's just coming into the Alberta market. BC has always kind of been at the forefront of that. Is there ever a time? Economically, and I mean, now would probably be one of those times where you just put projects on hold or you don't start them because the cost to finish is too high. Yeah, yeah. We've got some projects that are sitting on the shelf right now. You just have to wait for either costs to come down, interest rates to hopefully settle out. Yeah, they're sitting there. Or, you know, we're not actively seeking to purchase, you know, sites as aggressively as we were in the past where, you know, we were very aggressively trying to carry as many sites as we could. Now we're just saying, you know, we're going to sit and wait for a while because no sense having that land just sitting there and carrying it. We'll just wait. Is there one thing recently or that's in the pipeline from the government or municipalities that you guys are excited about that's like, yes, this is the right decision that's going to make my life easier? You mentioned you're going to have Ryan Smith on in a couple of weeks, and I think you've heard him say, you know, numerous times, they have to do better at these approval processes and they have to, you know, be faster. They have to be more creative and they have to be more flexible. If they do those things, then that really helps a developer out. I'm not a Trudeau fan at all, but, you know, the GST movement that they did there, eliminating the GST on rental housing, you know, that was a good move and that does move the dial. Now, if you can get the provincial governments to layer on top of that as well, then that really starts moving the dial. But, you know, then the municipal governments have to come to play as well through some reduced fees or whatever that is. That will actually really get things coming if all three levels of government do it. You know, but approvals are a big thing and having certainty because, you know, if you're constantly having to battle through that process and it takes years to get through, that's risk that developers, that goes into your pro forma and, we want certainty, and so do residents. Residents want certainty about what's going to be built around them. So it's finding that balance and, you know, making sure that we have, you know, well-built product throughout uh, the communities. Yeah. Can you imagine, guys, buy a home site, okay, to the building one? You know, you struggle to get a mortgage on it. Some banks don't like to land on loan so far. And then you think you're going to start building your home in six months, and two and a half years later is when you get to start. Oh, yeah. Because that's what it's like. My job is to always make sure developers think like buyers, right? But it's also sometimes helpful to help buyers think like developers and go, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't like that, right? And I think it takes a lot of political will, but I think we're still skirting around the issue. More supply is not just the answer because that will create inflation. I think there's a real systemic need to look at it. And when you look at it in parts, when Carl's talking, I feel like on one hand, we're in there in the gym with a personal trainer and a personal torturer on the other side, right? So we're doing some lifts and they're helping us try to move more housing. And then they're waterboarding. <laughs> Weird. That's not how I want to drink when I'm working out. 100% true, yeah. It's interesting. So, I mean, on a very small scale, Matt's probably sick of me talking about this. I'm, I'm subdividing a property. Taylor's been beating this drum for a while. Oh, the city, city of West Kelowna. They say, hey, DCC fees are going up. You know, you should really get this going. I'm like, it just does not make economic sense. Like the comps in the area don't justify me building. So the values in the land. And I mean, if I'm trying to convey this into a developer point of view, it's like, man, the downside is massive. The upside is very small, but I guess the upside really is you guys are passionate about this. Like how amazing is it to go to a site and have the vision for it and spend, you know, five years developing something that's going to be there for the next you know, 50 to 100 years. Like, what's the most exciting part about your guys' jobs? What do you love about it? It's exactly that. It's having that vision that no one else or very few people would have when you see a raw piece of land and you go, yeah, here's what we're going to do here. And this is what it can be. And 
we always put ourselves in the position of the eventual homeowner. You know, do we want to live there? How would we want to live there? So we always, you know, walk in those footsteps. And then for me, you know, I want to build projects that, again, it builds on our reputation and that I can drive my kids by in five years and go, hey, dad built that project over there and not have to have them look out the other window because the project's falling apart. It's interesting to hear my kids as we do drive around now and look at stuff and them telling their friends, hey, dad built that building. Look at that. And their friends going, ooh, you know, yeah. that's really cool. And that's an unexpected, you know, reward for all the brain damage you go through getting these approvals and getting dragged through the mud. That stuff there trumps it all. So it's just being passionate about what we do. And we're really keen on design. You know, we don't build projects with a calculator. We start with the design and then we figure out with our calculator how to make that design work. Uh, lots of developers start with a calculator and then try and shoehorn that design into their calculator, you know, their pro forma. We do it the other way. Yeah, to Carl's point on that, he could have probably pushed for, you know, more density, more doors and creating living. It is an interesting thing in our job because we get involved right from when our clients acquire the land typically. But I drive around them and there's two things. One is it's interesting to see something that was an idea of paper actually exists and live and breathe with people in it. But the other one is when we go by an amenity like the pool and the clubhouse and everything at, at uh, Eminence and you drive and you see grandkids laughing in the pool and people chilling out and relaxing, you go, you know what? That's pretty good. Yeah, we found a place that people love to live. Right. Yeah. And homes are very, very, very stressful. They drive a lot of behavior. You don't have to be rich, but if your home is not a secure, safe place structurally, it creates lots of stress on the family. But if your place is light and you walk on that property, what we're trying to do with the ridge is create a decompression chamber. You hit that short drive off Clifton, you come in the underground, and as soon as you get on your home and you, you want to sit out in the back and look at the deck and look at the trees, you want to look at the front, want to wander over, you know, and sit for hours in the social house or right by the pool. So it's much more than just a home. Yeah. And for us, we know we've nailed it. And Scott's right. When families are having their extended family over because they've got all these cool amenities and their families want to come there and they're proud of that, that's when we know we've really nailed it. And we've seen that on some of our other projects where, you know, we'll go there and we'll see, you know, they'll have their grandkids over or the kids will have their parents or their friends over because that's where people want to come and hang out because their place is the cool place. And, and yeah, it's a condo. It's not maybe a big house down by the lake or something, but people are happy to come there because it's been well designed and it has the amenities and they're happy to show it off. And that's when I know we've really nailed it. And at Eminence, that's exactly what we're going to do again. We've got a beautiful clubhouse there, well designed and appointed, an outdoor kitchen and hot tub and pool and games area. And then we've got three rooftop terraces on each building as well with amenities. So you know, if you don't want to walk all the way to the clubhouse, you know, you can just take the elevator upstairs and go out on a great patio that has spectacular views of the valley. Started sales on the first building, kind of a, you know, not the ideal time because the approvals for us to be legal to sell dragged into September, October last year. So by the time we actually got sales, but we surprised ourselves off market with sales. And so now we're able to, with the sales, you know, where they're at in the first building, we're able to bring out the second building. And so we just started marketing that a couple months ago and we'll start sales on that later this fall. Lots of opportunities. But the interesting thing is we've had a few people that bought in the first building that have said, I think I actually want more space because, you know, I really get it now. Can I transfer and buy a bigger one? And the other one is that it's a real mix of intergenerational. Some younger folks, there's some people pre-retirement buying that will probably rent it out year round and then yeah. move up eventually. But we also have a strong base of people who say, hey, you know what? Two months a year, I'm in Arizona. I don't want it attached. I need a place where I can safely, you know, sort of close the door and not worry about it for two months. And then there's some young professionals as well that are buying. This will be their first home and, you know, they're entering the market and they see the value there. So, And where's the showroom? Where can people come check it out and chat to you guys? Well, your reps. Well, we've got a unique location in that, you know, uh, 1350 St. Paul is a very interesting address because we have our office there for Epic's headquarters. There's residences above, so I can actually just stay right there and walk down the stairs. But we found a sales space right there. 
so that our team can be accent and frequented. And so because, you know, we wanted to be accessible, we also wanted to be respectful to the neighborhood that if we put the sales center there, there would be more traffic and more disruption. And as much as there's a lot of people are going to love driving there and see that it turned out a lot better than they thought, we didn't want it in everybody's face every day that, you know, 40% or whatever didn't want it approved, right? So yeah. it was a thoughtful decision to put it there. You know, a lot of people are looking downtown and going, I didn't know I had an alternative. And also what we do is, as part of the process of helping people buy, if they haven't been to the site, we say, okay, here's what you're going to do. Spend 20 minutes with us. This is the way you drive there. Text me when you get there. And they're shocked about how fast they get there. Yeah. Right. It's usually about yeah. 10 to 12 minutes. It's awesome. And they don't drive like Carl do because he'd be there five minutes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is really close to downtown. Like it's only one left near there, right? So like yeah. I mean, I ride it takes me 15 minutes on my unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that on Clifton. I, I saw like... a guy yesterday driving a unicycle to work and I was like, wow, you must have an amazing tour, but I said what I <laughs> <laughs> I rode my road bike up Knox Mountain, came out of Magic Estates and ripped down Clifton once. That was the fastest I think I've ever been in my life. That was uh, exhilarating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that on a unicycle. Yeah. Yeah. We know you guys have a busy Friday. Yeah. We'll maybe just get a couple more questions out of you. Sure. Yeah. We appreciate the time so far. It's been awesome. Time for everyone's favorite part of the show, the ice maker section. Brought to you by myself, Matt Glenn. If you could purchase a property in the Okanagan in the next 12 months, what would it be? With the caveat that we can't do our own drugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, you can. You got properties then. And this is personally? Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's a little bit different because, you know, our family likes to be there a lot and we like being on the water. So, you know, we would want to buy a place somewhere, you know, on the water or very close to the water just because kids like the boats and, you know, like being in the lake, swimming, you know, pool, all that sort of stuff. So for us, it'd be different. You know, if I was an investor, I'd be looking at something you know, quite different. And this is why we made the long-term investment into Kelowna's. Kelowna has got a lot of legs yet. It's really only been discovered over the last, you know, maybe 10 years. And it's just starting to build. The investment and the amount of money that is coming into that community is just building and building and building. And another interesting thing, and Scott and I both know a lady called Kate Manser, and she's like, one of the senior housing gurus in Canada. And she wrote a book on seniors housing and where seniors are moving to. And everyone thinks seniors, you know, want to retire out on the island or, you know, maybe somewhere in the Okanagan. And yeah, that's true. There's a proportion that do. But the vast majority of seniors, do you know where they actually want to retire in Canada? They want to retire close to their grandkids. Mm -hmm. So guess where grandkids are? where young people are. Kelowna's got one of the youngest populations in Canada. So guess what's coming? All these seniors are gonna start moving to Kelowna because this is where their kids have moved and now they've set down roots and they're having grandkids. And that's gonna take a few years for that to arrive. And it's always been there that yeah. people have retired in Kelowna, but that's gonna start accelerating because of that demographic that's been happening over the last 10 years. And I always found that to be a very interesting stat, you know, because everyone thinks, well, yeah. seniors want to retire out on the island and that's where everyone goes. No, they want to be where their grandkids are. Yeah, interesting. Just follow just, where they yeah, yeah. yeah. I jump in on that with two comments. One is my mom was in prostitute. I grew up there too, so I always prostitute. And Carl and I never met there, but we wanted to go to the same high school. I went 50 years after he did. Um, <laughs> So what happened was my dad lives in Ontario, but he has a lake and a boat, right? A cottage and a lake and a boat. And my mom was, how come the kids will never come here in the summer? They're grown up and they're busy and they're working. I said, pretty simple, right? He has a magnet and you don't, right? We all love you. I love you. I'll come see you in the summer. But he has a magnet. Grandparents need a magnet. So not only are they wanting to be near the kids, they need a reason for their kids to come. So when you live in a resort area, your grandkids, to want to visit with the crime more frequently. Interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think the question easier to ask about Kelowna is where not to invest as opposed to where to. There are so many interesting opportunities, but what I can tell you is what's happening with this exodus. We're going through the most significant aging of a population ever on the planet. Okay. We're also going through one of the, despite the economic hiccups of today, we're still about to face the largest single transfer of wealth today. People giving their kids 
you know, properties. But that said, kids and incomes and stuff, you know, they are starting to realize even with COVID, right, there hasn't been that big swing back that, you know, they want to live in smaller cities and Cologne is one of the small cities, soon to be one of the world's best small cities, if you ask me. Um, But the thing that will happen with that is as more people come there, right, I start looking at the areas like, look how much Rutland's transformed in 10 years. No, big time. Yeah. Yeah. And it still is. And I think the other thing I remember is here's what's different. Okay. I was in Kelowna marketing from 2001 or two till 2007 or eight. And then I came back in 10 to start working out projects that were potentially trying to avoid going under. This is not that day. This is not that day at all. The reason before that everything went up is everybody thought that every property everywhere in the Okanagan would go up. And so they were buying two and three. Okay. We don't have that now, but the point is the dynamics of it from an investment and lifestyle perspective has significantly changed since then. So people aren't doing a trade-off to move to Kelowna, but more importantly, this is real sustained housing demand, right? And so what happened in 2022, even with the market being off and inflation and this sort of thing, there was sustained housing demand. There will be here. 2021, yes, that was a bit of an outlier. The reason it was an outlier is I always think like a buyer, 10% of the time every year, unless you're an investor, you look around your house and go, I don't like it here, right? In COVID, 90% of the people after one morning when they were pulling out their recycling bins and wondering why they needed two for all the bottles said, I don't like it here. (laughs) They either moved or renovated. And so I think that cooled off in 2022, but this year has shown sustained demand again for properties like Eminent you know, and others. And I do think that the entire Okanagan pretty much from Vernon to south of Penticton is going to be very, very active. But I think that, you know, that sort of price and lifestyle center is, is close. We preach that every single day. So we agree. What's the best thing either of you have ever spent money on? Wedding ring. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I wish my wife was here when I said that. I get one for that. <laughs> we'll tag her on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Ring, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. That's brownie points for sure. That's a tough one to follow, Carlos. Yeah, look, Carlos. Yeah, well, we move on. Yeah, how's that boat now? <laughs> it's okay. You can say new truck. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't actually care about vehicles. Vehicles don't bother me at all. Yeah. I'll give you one that Carl and I were glad we spent every dime on. We sat on a boat moored of course after we finally got the approval we both like really good straight rum <laughs> not the cheap stuff yeah, that was a good night yeah. Uh, yeah. family we love traveling so we spend money on vacations we don't have a vacation home or, or things like that but you know we love to travel and our kids love to travel and they've traveled to many countries and whatnot and so i would say it's on travel with the family and getting that you know, just alone time with them and where we're able to experience different cultures and get to spend time as a family unit, you know, away from the hustle bustle is the best money I think I could spend every day. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing because really, Carl, the wedding ring is a symbol, the experience, right? And in your yeah. case, what you talked about was about experiences, right? Yeah. Life is a series of experiences. And so for you, that whole idea of you know, going on vacation, being with your family. A lot of what we're trying to do with real estate is actually, we used to say it all the time, it sounds hokey, but it's actually true. We're actually trying to create spaces for people to have memories and keep their story going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, you have, do you remember the first house you were lived in? Whether you liked it or not, do you remember things about it? Do you remember the next house? Like, you know, I think as realtors, you know, that's the hard yeah. part. Sometimes you can get two people who want to move and oh. one emotionally is still tied to their property and they ain't moving. I tell our sales team all the time, don't try to sell a downsizer where one of the two people isn't ready to give up the yard. You're wasting your time and you'll probably annoy one. It's funny, as an agent, we talk about when people are selling their house, we call it their house. But when they want to move into one, we call it, how do you like this home? Right? Because if you say it the other way around, there's just too much emotional attachment. No, no, you're helping, them to, you're helping them to benevolently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I do. I find myself using that quite a bit because, it, yeah, it's a huge deal for people. Right, obviously, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. You kind of you're giving away all your tricks now, man. Yeah, People don't want to sell their house with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, their house well said there too. You guys have any good book or quote recommendations? I love questions. The older I get, so there's a book I've been reading, and I'm going deep rereading and rereading it again called "The Book of Beautiful Questions." 
Oh, it just gets you to think. I do a lot of coaching still in Salesforce development with our agents, and I've done that for 30 years. And so our whole premise of our sales process that we teach people is it's not really about selling. It's about helping people buy or not. And it's about great questions and then really being able to create an environment where people will tell you their story and where you can share your story. But that great question, team always knows, if I don't hear at least once in a day, wow, that's a great question. I feel like I'm not doing my job. Taylor should really read that book. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. We should both read that book. Yeah. Good. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. You know, guys, I used to read a lot of books since I've got the kids. Don't read as much as I do anymore. So I don't really have any great uh, book recommendations. You know, there's all the old classic ones, of course, but uh, nothing Nothing new over the last couple of years, but there's a quote, and this is one of my good friends always says, it came from a mentor of, of both of ours originally, but it's my friend that repeats it all the time. I think it's a very valuable quote. And basically it is, to have a good friend takes being a good friend. And I, yeah. I think that's a really important quote, you know? So too. Yeah. It reminds me for harder times when you're struggling a bit, there was one we had on our wall for years when the market was tough. There's a Winston Churchill quote I love that says, if you're going through hell, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't stop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just because it's warm, you don't want to stay. Yeah, yeah. I love that quote too. That's awesome. All right, guys, how can we or how can our listener help you? What can we do for you? Well, we're here to serve. So, you know, yeah. feel free to check out the, either the Epic website, epicrace.com, check out the Eminence website, or just Google uh, the Rigid Eminence and you'll find us. But yeah, just check it out. Take some curiosity. We're here to serve, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah or check out the Meridian website. It'll give you a link to yeah. the Eminence yeah. as well. If you want to find out more about Meridian or what we're doing. Or Yeah, I'm always very passionate about real estate. So, you know, happy to meet up for coffees in Kelowna or lunches with people just to talk about real estate and talk about different things. So, yeah, don't hesitate to reach out. And, and when I'm out there, happy to... Uh, spend some time sitting down and going over a few things. Awesome. I love it. Thank you guys. It's been an yeah. awesome conversation. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. We look Thanks for having us. Yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you guys. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Have a great Friday. Have a great day. Enjoy your weekend. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and subscribe button. This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate and Taylor Adventure Mortgages.